Hello, friends, and what is up? I am Daryl Smart, and welcome to Smart Sports Podcast. This week, I have another great local athlete on the show. Not everyone can say they have a small shrine dedicated to them in their hometown's arena, but this week's guest can say that. Tilsonburg's Max Coyle has had a very interesting journey to get where he is. After finishing up his minor hockey in Brantford with the 99ers, he played one season with the Woodstock Navy Vets before earning a spot on the Listable Cyclones, where he spent three seasons. In that final GOJHL season, he and his teammates captured the Sutherland Cup. The next season, Max headed west and was a champion again, this time capturing the BCHL's Fred Page Cup with the Prince George Spruce Gays, and coming very close to an RBC Cup title, losing to the Brooks Bandits in the final. And this year, Max completed his freshman season with the University of Alabama Huntsville Chargers. And as you will hear, Max's journey isn't over yet. Max, it is great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, it's great to be here. We'll first start out with uh, the most recent news uh, about you and your team. Uh, Friday, there was some crazy stuff that kind of happened just with the University of Alabama Huntsville and the school cutting your hockey program. Uh, how big of a shock was this? Yeah, like we like we talked about this earlier. It was it was it was exactly that. It was a shock. We kind of we kind of found out through email that about nine or ten that we had a Skype or Zoom meeting around three or four, and then coach hopped on there. We all just sat there, kind of. We knew something was up because that's that's kind of out of the ordinary. And then yeah, we found out that our program's kind of getting terminated in the next half an hour out. So we kind of we heard that news, and then everyone kind of went their separate ways. We were kind of in shock, and then. Just kind of trying to recruit from there. There's nothing much you can do now other than try and move forward. Well, exactly. Like when you got that text, uh, just saying that you had a Zoom meeting. What was going through your head? Like, what, what did you think it was? Everything. We've had we've had like uh, weekly Zoom meetings, with, like the whole team Wednesdays, yeah. stuff like that. But it's usually just pretty light, touching base, making sure we're all talking. And then it was a, it was a, it was looked like a bit of a serious one. He's like, yeah, everyone needs to be on Zoom today at three o'clock. And the guy's like, oh, I'm working. He's like, no, like. And you need to talk to your boss. Like you need an hour off work to talk. Like, yeah. so as soon as that started coming out, then guys were starting to text each other, like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And we were kind of, we had no idea. Like, this was not something we knew that we were supposed to be kicked out of the WCHA next year. So maybe, maybe next year rolls around, we don't have a team. But did not expect this. That kind of came out of came out of nowhere. Well, and of course, like the the WCHA guy, it it was a strange situation in that because all the teams were jumping to the CCHA, right? Yeah, there were seven were seven teams, way. I think it was, or something like that. Yeah, seven. So, what was the scenario like? Was there a scenario in your head that uh, where you guys would end up, kind of thing? Or uh, we weren't sure what was going to happen. We heard we heard kind of through the grapevine that we were going to try and go independent because we do have a lot of guys that are donating. That's the big thing right now. Is we got a lot of a lot of a school alum or even some hockey alum that are trying to pump money into the program. But now that the program's folded, they're like. Well, what do we do? Like, why did you tell us that this is a funding problem? We can get more funding. Well, exactly. So no one, well, and that's no what happened really there. there. And that's what happened a couple of years ago too. I, I think it was it was like eight years ago or something like that. Yeah. Where they almost the same situation. They almost uh, took the program out, and the alumni, like you said, just took over and uh, really financed the team. Yeah, I think we still got someone. One of the guys on the team ended up starting a petition that's got. It's got just under 10,000 signatures to try and get the program back, but I honestly have no idea that would work. Like, all the players are, they sign their letter or whatever to, get, to be released. So I don't know. I don't know. I've never experienced anything like this, and it's, it's pretty hard to find someone that has. So to try and find those answers. Well, exactly. Kind of a tough situation. So, when you, what was the first thing that came through your head when, uh, like, obviously shock, but what, what was the first thing you, you kind of thought of when you were uh, 
like kind of processing it and you found out yeah first thing automatically was like what am i get what am i going to do for next year this would have been a totally different situation if we found out two or three months ago like well, maybe yeah. after our last game of the season we we can try and apply to other schools or get stuff like that but i'm pretty sure we've already missed like the canadian university cif uh like the sign updates or whatever so you can send your yeah. grades and stuff in yeah yeah so we missed that so try and get in touch with some of the coaches there but that's not the easiest situation either and then going into this they call us friday afternoon at four and of course it's a long weekend exactly yeah. So yeah absolutely everyone everyone's just kind of sitting ducks we don't we don't really know what to do try and make as many phone calls but no one's answering their phone it's and no just kind of sitting tight hopefully tuesday or wednesday hear something from someone uh what did you do personally were you on the phone at all making oh yeah i ended up calling my advisor and he's a kid i just just got tipped off and made me right now someone ended up telling college hockey and then kind of get through everyone within five minutes that this is going to happen hunt so so he's on the phone calling up my street and the parents were at the cat like our cabin up yeah. in, uh, just on the other side of north bay so i ended up calling them but they barely have any service and yeah so they're freaking out panicking like what's going on so yeah i just try to try and reach out to as many people as i could now I want to play support system here and then Prince George and the left wall. So hear yeah. from all those, all those coaches, all those guys. As many connections that I have, everyone's reaching out saying like, whatever you need help with. But in the grand scheme of things, there's only there's only so much you can do. You just kind of got to wait, see if anything pops up. Well, exactly. How nice was it to kind of hear from people though? Uh, it was nice. It was kind of it was kind of a little bit of a breath breath of fresh air. But yeah. realistically, I haven't heard anything. There's nothing written in stone, so stuff like that. I'm just kind of gambling with everything just waiting to see what happens that's about all you can do eh like yeah. honestly and, and, and again with COVID-19 it's almost it, it almost might be to your advantage you'd almost think because there's so much uncertainty to begin with with season the season starting so it almost kind of it, it might actually work in your favor yeah that's what that's what everyone's kind of saying like no one really knows like is there going to be a season is going to be a half season like yeah. are you going to have an extra year of eligibility like us don't really want to be at university until I'm 27 years old or something like that. I started late enough. But. Yeah. So what were some of the yeah, other games? Pandemic, so. <laughs> exactly. I've been saying that all along. I think that's yeah. my, I think that's my answer for everything. Damn pandemic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that works for everything. <laughs> so, uh, what, what are some of the, uh, your teammates saying? Pretty they're much the same thing? The same or? Yeah. They're all saying the same stuff. I know a bunch of the guys in the team are trying to get the, the team rebooted, like trying to get Huntsville back up, yeah. back up and running. But, I'm not sure what the odds are. I haven't, I haven't really been too involved in that. I'm not too sure what's going on. I'm just kind of trying to focus on what's going on here. And then, yeah, I got a couple other close buddies from the team. So talking to them as much as I can. And they're just, they're in the same boat. You can only do so much on a Friday at five from <laughs> between Friday and five. And yeah, Monday of the long weekend, you're pretty much screwed. Just, you're just a sitting duck. Yeah. Well, let's hope it all works out. And, and again, we'll we'll go through your season now, and and again, it really is. It's got to be just a huge shock. That's for sure. Yeah, that's, that's the best. Exactly, yeah. That's probably the best way to say it. Yep, exactly. That's what so, everyone's been saying. So, as tough as the news has been for you and your teammates, uh, this was your first NCAA Division One hockey season with the Chargers, and I know it was a tough season. You guys had a, I think it was a two twenty six and six record, but yeah, not the best record this year. But you know what? It's Division One hockey, and yeah. you're in a beautiful city. You're at a great school. Uh, how was your experience at UH? Uh, it was good. It was really good. I don't, I don't regret it at all. Stuff like that. Um, not even the UEH part, but just just the teams we played, like the exposure we had to other teams. We're hopping on a plane and driving up to play North Dakota, stuff like that. Even 
even more playing like the Minnesota State, Adam Brady's up there, um, travel out there to play those those big schools. It's, it's pretty exciting when you're playing in front of. I think we were playing the NODAC in front of maybe fourteen or fifteen thousand people. They're shooting off fireworks between when they're <laughs> scoring goals, so stuff like that. It wasn't used. To. It was kind of a that was the jump. Yeah, it was. It was fun though. It was kind of I don't know a stepping stone from Woodstock to Listowel to Prince George, and then head to NCAA. So was it uh, what you were hoping from, uh, or what you were hoping for from a hockey sense? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It was. It was good to play that. I mean, we're. We played uh, Minnesota State at the end of the year, and I'm like, "Whoa, these guys are these guys are a little out of my league. Like these are these are classic hockey players, and just the way they move the puck and skate and stuff like that. It was it was exciting to play. It was it was definitely a fun year. So uh, that that first game, what was it like to step on the ice and uh, playing oh. uh, playing an NCAA game? And uh, obviously the the goal for you and uh, because of your journey, it was obviously a uh, D1 scholarship. So to step on the ice, uh, what was that first game like? Who did you play? Oh, I'll never forget that. It's Stephen and my parents. We played a UMass Wall. Oh, no, so no way. My parents traveled down there, so they had all the. I wasn't used to the student section and stuff like that. I went and watched a, a game in Bowling Green when I was a couple years younger when I was playing in Listowel. And yeah. Just to see the way that the fans and stuff are it's so much different than a junior game. You got, I think UMass, there was probably five or 6,000 people there for, the, for an exhibition game. And it was good to have my family and stuff there. So. Just, it was just exciting enough to see my name on the lineup for it, so I'll take that. Yeah. It's pretty cool, though, eh? The, just the, the atmosphere of a collegiate game for some of the listeners or some of the people that just don't know what it's like. Uh, can, you, can you explain it to some of the people? I, I know uh, when I played at Brock, we we would have exhibition games against Bowling Green and Western Michigan, and it it, it, blew, it blows your mind because it's like nothing else. Oh, it is. It is not like nothing else. It's all... It feels like everyone in the in the crowd is between the ages of seventeen and, and twenty threes, and they're all out to get you. Especially if you're not playing in your own rank. I mean, <laughs> yeah. our, our away games seem to be a lot more fun than our home games because you got their crowd all over, hovered over top of It's loud. It's fun. It was good. That yeah, the college experience is it's unexplainable until you're able to watch a game. It doesn't matter who. It's there's some pretty cool games to watch. Did you watch a lot on TV before? Uh, we watched watched the Frozen Four a couple times like that. A big NCAA tournament growing up as a kid, but other than that, yeah. no. So did, did you have any expectations at all of what it would be like? Uh, yeah, I did have a lot of expectations. We had, a, we had a pretty good team in Prince George, so it was, the jump was good, but we had a lot of guys that were going to, uh, to some pretty high-end schools. Like we had a couple of guys get picked up in the draft out of the BC, so yeah, so that was pretty cool. I kind of knew what I was expecting, but it was also a super it was a super big jump. Those guys are all 17, 18, 19 going into play when we're playing against 25-year-old men, so just about them adjusting their even size and speed and their maturity. It's pretty crazy, eh? Yeah, it was pretty fun. And then, of course, you you had four assists in thirty four games, and you're pretty rock solid on the blue line this year. Uh, but but the one big standout stat that you had, you you led your team in block shots with thirty nine. So how happy were you with the the way that you played? Just your personal season? Yeah, that was my going into the going into the start of the year. I knew as a freshman as a as a younger guy coming in, as a new guy coming in, that I wasn't going to be the biggest skill guy on the team. And yeah, four points doesn't really show that. But my goal was just to be in the lineup for every single game, and that's what happened. So I was I was happy with that. And then maybe next year try and work on the skill game a little bit more. Yeah. The opportunity arises. Did, were you given a role? Uh, kind of, kind of. It was always different. We were not short bodies on the back end, but we kind of all mixed around. Yeah. So I got to, I got to play a lot. I got to play with a lot of different guys. So. Stuff like that was exciting. I mean, we had a nine or ten defensemen, so the lineup was pretty different every night. So you're playing with different guys day in and day out. 
That's pretty cool. And the competition to just to, and talking to Adam Brady and a couple other college players that just the competition to get into that starting lineup it yeah, is a big deal to begin with. It, that had to be different to get used to as well. Yeah, that was that was also one of the the most underrated things that like you kind of don't really think about until you talk to a guy that's that's played at NCAA hockey or yeah. even NCAA, any high end sport like that. It's way different. The junior, you got six or seven guys on the back end, and you're, you're probably going to have six or seven a night. And then you go up to college, and you got nine, ten, eleven, twelve. D that you got to find a spot when you're dressing six a night. And guys are battling so, you at practice. Like, oh yeah, you guys are working on stuff, but you're also competing. Yeah, exactly. Every practice is a competition. The, did you get a lot out of that? Yeah, that was good. That was good. They're not really going through the motions every year. Kind of, you kind of having to bear down almost every every drill, every everything you do on the ice, even in the even in the weight room, stuff like that. It's all it all comes into effect. It almost pushes you to that next level, eh? Oh, that's that's the main thing. That's exactly what it does. It just pushes you to be better than yourself. Yeah. So uh, we were talking about Adam Brady. You might as well, and you were playing against him. Uh, you might. Do you remember your first point? Do I remember my first point? Yeah, I don't think so. It was against Bemidji State, I believe. Oh, really? I'm, I think down <laughs> it was an assist. We went down there. Yeah, yeah. So that, was, that was really cool to play against him. I obviously, my my dad grew up around his family, so I think something like that. So yeah, I kind of always grew up looking up to him, and then I talked to him over the last couple of years, him giving me pointers. So it was pretty cool to play against him. He's a he's a pretty good hockey player. He's got a pretty bright future, I think. So yeah, you got an assist in the, that game. That that was your first assist. So yeah, against I think Bemidji. he had four goals the last game against us. Oh, geez. Oh man, seriously! Not like that. He had a couple. Oh man. <laughs> oh well. Uh, so, what did you like about your game this year? Uh, just kind of, like I said earlier, just kind of had to be that shut down, shut down, big defenseman on the back line, on the back end, just trying to keep the puck at our end. That was my got a, lot, a decent amount of power play opportunity, but our power play didn't really start clicking till till the end of the year. We had a week. I think we had one solid week near the end, and then other than that, we were we were pretty rough, but. I don't know, it was our first year. We had a lot of freshmen, 12 freshmen, and we almost dressed them every night. We almost dressed Greg just 8 to 10 every night. Well, I was going to I was gonna say, you guys, I was looking at your roster, and there's a lot of, a lot of freshmen and sophomore on that team. So yeah, there was a exactly. lot of learning going on, eh? Yeah. Four, it, was, it was different with four, four seniors. Yeah, with 12 freshmen, and then maybe probably another 10 or 12 sophomores. Yeah. So we were a young squad. So almost uh, that kind of make just kind of what it happened on Friday that much more disappointing because you, you guys were almost building for something in the next couple of years, eh? Yeah, that's that was the exact point. We got we brought twelve guys in, so hopefully in the next two or three years we're we're a pretty solid team. That's what that's what we thought was going to happen. I know the coaching staff that was their plan, that was our plan, but I guess that didn't turn out so well. <laughs> and uh, wh- what were some of the things that you? Uh, are hoping to improve on just, just the little things that you noticed about your game. Uh, you really noticed. I noticed in junior that my foot speed wasn't the best, but yeah. I had a really good coach there, Adam Maglio. So we were we did a lot of D footwork stuff. So my, it, it improved a lot there. But you can still even up to the next level. You can still have uh, biggest problem in my game. So try and work on that over the summer. Maybe hop on the road blades for a couple hours a day. Mm-hmm. Try and get the boots moving a little bit better. Nice, nice. And uh, like I said during your introduction, uh, you've had quite the hockey journey. And uh, when did this goal of getting an NCAA scholarship kind of take shape, or when did the thought? When was that your route? Probably my second year, uh, second or third year list school. Actually, I mean, I was kind of I kind of put myself in a bad position growing up. I was just that kid in high school that was like, oh, okay, I don't really, 
my grades and stuff don't really matter that much. I'm going to play for the Woodstock Navy Vets for the next five years. Like, yeah. I'm not making this major junior or stuff like that. I'm not going to. Last thing I thought, last thing on my mind is playing NCAA hockey and needing that GPA or that, that average to get in. But played a couple of years in West Point. My first year, I had like nine points and then 15 or 20, and then jumped up with a couple more my last year. And then my last year there, my coach was like, or my second last year in this one, my coach was like, I think you, you might actually have a opportunity or Jason Brooks and he was a pretty pretty educated man so I yeah. had to try out in uh, Powell River with Jake Lee so we went out together and they were like why don't we just go back to Lasool for one more year so we went back there our team had a really good game and they're pretty stacked and then got a, got a call from Prince George and like yeah we want you like for sure come on out here so I had to go out there and then kind of was one of the weaker guys the first couple months and I kind of had to batter my way up to the top or try to battle my way the best I could and then as soon as I got just before Christmas, probably about two weeks before I committed, that I realized that this is actually a decent opportunity. I talked to Huntsville in the summer, and they're like, yeah, like we'll see what happens. Your your grades are pretty rough. We don't really want to risk that. Like You're going to need to take a full year of college in yeah. Prince George to be to be eligible for junior. So I kind of had to grind out a year in Prince George with a couple of 15-hour bus rides, doing exams in the back of the bus, and the guys are all playing poker. But yeah. that was my own fault. That was my own fault. I can't blame anyone else for myself. Do you think that really helped you though? It gave you that sense of commitment and almost yeah. the, that you were, like you said, you were grinding things out. So it almost prepared you for it. Yeah, for sure. And it makes it, it all makes it all worth it when you step on the ice, like I said, but for that first few math game, you're like, Hey, this was, this was worth those countless hours, but not even the countless hours of playing hockey, but the countless hours of trying to get myself eligible to play. So that, that was definitely worth it. Yeah. No, that's neat. That that's a and that's a great lesson for other hockey players too. It really oh, is. Oh yeah. And I uh, I know in my playing days I had, uh, I'll never forget when I was in Saskatchewan there was a guy his name was Bud Smith and and a, yep. and a team called him up and it was an NCAA D1 team and they asked him about his grades and that was the end of the conversation. This guy was yeah. he was the most talented guy on our team. And yeah, it, the worst it, thing you don't even think about it at all you're growing up you're like, "Hey, I'm you're in grade 10, like, what is my math? Like, what is my, what does this matter right now? I'm not going to be a scientist. I'm not going to be a doctor. Like, yeah, I don't care about my school. I just knew that you're in you know, 15, 16 year old. I'm too cool for school yeah. attitude. And it kind of ends up, it kind of bites you in the butt eventually, but you don't yeah. know that. You got to learn from that. But yeah, I'd love to, love to be able to go around to every 12, 13 year old kid that wants to play hockey and just be like, come on, do the best you can in school. And it'll all be, it'll be, it'll be a lot easier for you. That's awesome. That's a great message too. So, uh, your first junior year, you played for the uh, Brantford 99ers, and then you played midget, and then uh, you played for the Navy Vets. And yep. uh, what uh, what did you learn in that first year of junior hockey? And uh, like you said, you you thought you'd be playing for the Vets for five years. Uh, yeah, you were play, You were a sixteen year old, right? Yeah, I was. Uh, I made mean, on as a sixteen year old, and that was that was a jump. Like I was used to being a midget here. You're 16 playing against 15 and 16 year olds. You're not playing against yeah. playing against guys with beards. That's kind of when you really you grow up in the hockey eyes. Like even it is, if it is junior C, you're still a 16 year old kid playing against 21, 22 year old men. Yeah, yeah. It's that that's that's the main jump. Like it might not even be the skill or anything like that. You're just you got to used to playing with men. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then like you said, the next year you were in Listowel. And so how did that come about? Uh, the opportunity in Listowel. Uh, I was actually talking to Stratford of. A bit more than Listowel. I was going up there a bunch, and then Jason Brooks reached out to me when I was in Woodstock. He was like, "Come out for a rookie camp." 
So when I actually went out for my rookie camp my first year, like before I went to Woodstock, mm-hmm. and then Brooksy ended up cutting me after like the first or second state. It was like, yeah, no way. And then <laughs> even the second year, he's like, well, maybe we'll take a risk on this guy and see what happens. I was pretty out of shape, and he just, yeah, I guess took a risk and ended up working out and had some amazing years with him and that team and that organization. It was, I don't regret a minute of it. Wow, and like you said, you guys had an incredible season. I, I, when I was working at the Norfolk News and the Brand News, I, I remember covering you guys uh, against the 99ers, but then uh, also covering you in that Sutherland Cup run uh, against the, the Corvairs. And, yeah, and for sure. What kind of experience was it like in Listowel? Because I, in playing in that league, I hated playing in Listowel. <laughs> and I hated, oh, I can imagine. I hated playing it, and that that was the old barn. But what was it like to play in Listowel? Because you know what, like, they, there's such a great history there, and oh, yeah. and the fans are they're phenomenal for Listowel players, and, and it's a, it's almost a nightmare to come in when you're uh, when you're a visiting player. What was that experience like in Listowel? Yeah, the experience, your experience in Listowel, if you ask anyone that's played there for for even a year, but if you're playing there for more than you're there for two or three years, like most guys, it's an exceptional junior place. Like, if you're there, you're not going to find a better junior spot for that. It's a little small town. I mean, some of the best billets in the world. I've stayed with my, my billets for the last three years in the summers. I don't leave West Hoy. There's nothing. There's every day that goes by. There isn't something going on with your buddies or even guys on the team. They're all, I get that there's not a week that goes by that someone comes back from one of the previous site teams to see their billets or see one of the guys or one of the coaches. So, stuff like that. Like, it's cliche that it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty tight, tight knit family. And yeah, we had pretty much had the same same guys for three years in a row, but there was guys in and out and stuff like that and we're inseparable. Like we're still all everyone's going up to colleges together, stuff like that. It's it's pretty insane, let alone the actual hockey part of it. Like we're playing in that old school rink and it's we're playing in the cherry cup finals and there's guys there's guys around that standing on milk crates and all that place. And then we get to the new <laughs> rink and it's even better. It's it was insane. Yeah. And you got to play in that new rink, right? Yeah, we had a in the last half, I think, actually. Oh, nice. So, uh, what made that team so special, that Sutherland Cup team? Because, you know, uh, watching you guys play, you could tell there was something there, but uh, what was it? It would be Jason Brooks, obviously. Yeah. That's what that's what anyone on the team would say. Like, that guy was the one that brought us all together. He, everyone went through some things, he went through some things, and then we all ended up kind of just coming together. Like, he would be coming in there and, like, doesn't even say much. Everyone was just so dialed in, like, Especially in the last Sutherland Cup series, like we knew for sure yeah. that there's no way that Aaron was taking this away from us, even after last year getting so close. And pretty much had the exact same team back, just everyone's a year older. And we're like, hey, like this yeah. is our year to do it. We just we won the cherry the year before. We won the cherry, and we're just like, hey, this is it. Like I'm happy with this. Let's party. Let's have fun. Stuff like that. And then our last year there, when we ended up winning the Southern, we won the cherry, and we're like, yeah, like that's not a like even have fun for one night while we'll drink some beers, and then. It was, it was go time again. We're back on the ice the next day because we had another three series to go. Exactly. And uh, just a, after winning that Sutherland Cup, uh, and then it was time to go west. Uh, how how tough yeah. of a decision was it for you to go to Prince George? It was really tough, but at that point, I was like, I've I've lived away from home for three years now. Like, I put enough in that, like, I don't really care what I got to do now. Like, that's a Prince George is a really good spot. I mean, it's it's terrible travel, but I like I like the coach that a bunch of the guys reach out for me, and that was. That was that was an awesome amazing experience. I talked to Cody several of those guys every single day. What was the appeal to the BCHL? Uh, appeal to the BCHL would be college. Like yeah. my last year, I knew like I'm going out there. I'm not going out there to play hockey or make friends. Like I'm going out there to get a scholarship. That was that was the end goal. Like 
nothing nothing in between. That's why I ended up having to take some school courses and just like I said earlier, grind it out for a year. That yeah. was a grind out year. So it was definitely a business trip, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one. So, uh, and again, with a, just that amazing run, what what were you able to bring to the table, uh, having won the Sutherland Cup the the year before? Because uh, the, the Sutherland Cup, uh, that's a tough trophy to win. Yeah, that was a tough trophy to win, and we got we got pretty close the year after with uh, with the national championship. But Brooks Brooks decided to step in front of our way with that. They're they're a yeah. pretty impressive team too. Yeah, bringing the table would just be. Just that winning culture, like we knew we had a lot of, we had a good older, a good older group there, like a couple of the 19, 20 year old group, there were six or seven of them that were like there to win. And then we had some younger guys that were really skilled that kind of just needed to be, kind of needed to be pushing the line a little bit. So that was, yeah, that was kind of something the older guys that have had that experience in the playoffs, like they're, they're young, they're young kids. They don't really know, like you're 16, 17, you can't really take into effect like how important and how big that is to some people and yeah. even some people in the town of Prince George. Yeah, really? Yeah. So how was the, what was the atmosphere like there? What, what was the, uh, just, what made that group so special? Did you know right from the beginning you guys were taking a run for the RBC Cup? Yeah, we knew probably about a month and a half in. We had our, like our coach, Adam Mann, who was a, he was a pretty, pretty impressive guy, just like Brooks, he ended up having, he'll, he'll play for the next, and give him the next five or ten years for sure. He's, he moved out to the WHL, and he's coaching with a pretty good guy there, so He's got his he's got his deck his cards in line. So yeah. he was kind of like Brooksy brought us all together, and then yeah, the team, you know, the town kind of rallied behind us. The atmosphere there was was insane, and we just we just knew what we had to do. We weren't weren't sticking around on weekends stuff like that. We like we knew what we wanted. So what did it mean to win the, the Fred Page Cup? Yeah, we wanted the Fred Page, and then originally that's what we wanted. That was our end all be all goal, and then. All of a sudden, are like, whoa, like we can do this. So then we had that Doyle Cup with with Brooks, and that was kind of a battle. But realistically, for both teams, it didn't really mean much because we're both in the national like in the in the tournament. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we were playing as hard as we could, but at the end of the day, it was like, hey, this doesn't really mean that much. Yeah. It's that it's that final that final tournament that we really wanted. And I know they were a good team. They just they just beat us. And, and everybody kind of knew that uh, they were the team to beat heading into everything. But yep. to to compete hard with them in that Doyle Cup, uh, did it give you that much more incentive or that much more confidence? I should say, heading into the RBC. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. We were we thought that we had it. Like, we didn't think we had it. We knew that we were we were in we were in for a battle. We didn't. We won one. We stole one game there, and yeah. then we ended up just beating them in our rink. But it was almost impossible. Like we realized that in the national championship, they were a hell of a team. But they also that helped hell of a good fan group there. That. It definitely helped them out. So uh, when you got to Prince George, did, did you ever think you'd be playing for an RBC Cup? No, not at all. I said, <laughs> but I didn't even realistically know what that was. Yeah, I knew what it was, but it, it was never a goal. I was like, let's just do the best we can in playoffs here. We can maybe lift the trophy and then yeah. go home. But we were all pretty devastated when we didn't come home with it. And again, it was I think it was four three. I think it was. It was a yeah, it was a close one, eh? It was tight. I think we were down by three with like four minutes to go, and then we had to come back with one. But it was tough. It was it was fun though. It was it was loud, and they had some good fans. Unbelievable arena. Yeah, stuff like that. So it was it was a pretty good experience. It was pretty pretty much as close as you can get to as a NCAA hockey game. That's awesome. And I heard you became a very popular player in Prince George uh, just because yeah. of the just because of the way you played. Uh, the, so just what was that experience like? Uh, just just with the fans and being a part of the community. 
it was awesome. You felt like you were seeing the same people. Like we played a lot of hockey games, a lot of Friday, Saturday. So you're seeing the same. However, many people by the end of the year, we got 25 people in that tiny, tiny little, the exact same rink as the old Lissler rink. So <laughs> nice. you're packing, packing a bunch of people in there. You're seeing the same people. You're going to the same restaurant. So it's, you felt like a superhero there. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty special. You felt like a celebrity. That's pretty awesome. And uh, so when did you end up signing with uh, University of Alabama Huntsville? Uh, it was just, just before Christmas, just after Christmas, actually. Nice. So I was, I was hoping I'd come home and tell all my buddies that I committed for Christmas, but it ended up being a couple weeks after, so <laughs> that's fine. So how did how did that help your game out? Did that, did that give you a huge sense of relief almost? Oh, yeah, that was the biggest the biggest weight off your shoulders, biggest weight off anybody's shoulders. Yeah. So that, that was nice to get that over, especially before playoffs. I wouldn't want to be stressing all playoffs working for something like that. You could just go out, just go out and play and have fun. You know, if you had an easy game, it, it didn't really matter. Pretty uh, pretty big weight lifted off your back, eh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it just let you focus on the playoffs, and that yep. was it, eh? Yep. So how did the, how did that league really prepare you for uh, for this level, uh, for that next level in the NCAA? Well, I think everyone knows that it would it would go pound for pound with the best the best preparation league that there is in junior hockey, other than the USHL for college. Like, obviously, yeah. the USHL would be the number one, but I don't think there's any other league that would that would be in, be in front of the BCHL for preparing for you for uh, Division One. Nice. So, uh, so just kind of going back with everything, and just uh, going to wrap up here with uh, just with a bunch of unknowns. How are, how are you going to approach everything? Just uh, heading into the summer. Yeah, as you got it's it's unknown. Hopefully, hopefully find something out over the next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then if not, then then my my kind of start to panic a little bit. But there's only so much I can do, especially yeah. right now. You just kind of got to wait it out. The unknowns, the unknowns suck, but you can't really can't really stress over too much because. Just one of those things that you can pull. Wow, exactly. So, what about training? Uh, I've been asking some of the athletes uh, just how are they how they have uh, adapted their uh, their training schedule. Yeah, I guess they're earlier spend a couple hours a day on rollerblades. It's about, <laughs> about the best you can do. And then uh, I usually stay up in Listle with my my old built family up there. They got a they got a super awesome gym at their house and, nice. and in town. So, spend a lot of time with them and do the best we can. Stay in shape. That's awesome. And uh, before we go, I do have to ask you, uh, not and during the introduction, I talked about the, the little uh, display at the, uh, the Tilsonburg Arena. Not many, player, <laughs> not many players have a shrine like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. How did that come about? My buddies. <laughs> do I'm you hear sure. it? <laughs> yeah, I, I hear it from my buddies all the time. Every time I go walk in there, I'll get a picture from a couple of them. Like, I had a bunch of buddies playing senior. I ended up... I don't even know where they were up in Clinton or something like that. And they came down and played the Thunder for playoffs, and they all started starting to I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know. My dad's like, someone from the rink, like, wanted to put up. She wants a couple of your jerseys and some stuff to put up the rink. So It's pretty cool, eh? Yeah, it is cool. It is, it's a pretty good little pretty good little show. It's impressive. That is neat. Uh, I remember going down there for a, a beer league game, and I was like, hey. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, pr- that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I'll take it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks again for doing this, Max. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. It was awesome. It was fun. Yeah, it was a ton of fun, and uh, good luck uh, this summer, and I uh, hope everything works out. And, and when it does, uh, we'll have you back on. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Thank you very much. Well, that's all the time I have for this week. Thank you so much for listening. It really is appreciated. Make sure to go over to the Smart Sports Podcast Facebook page for more local sports news when it happens. Also remember to like and share 
so we can continue to make Smart Sports Podcast the place for all things local sports. Thanks again for listening. I am Daryl Smart, and I will talk to you later. Thank you.